Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. In Exodus, the Lord performed miracle after miracle in rescuing His people, Israel. Once through the Red Sea, He continued to bless them with rich experiences such as quenching their deepest thirst. Yet despite His merciful treatment, they murmured bitterly at the first sign of difficulty. How can we explain such pitiful behavior by the people of God, the same way that we can explain so much of our own shameful behavior before the Lord? Stay with us today as we get another view of our Savior God on today's Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. We return to Moses and the children of Israel languishing today, and with us once again for another of these enlightening and enjoyable programs is Ed Marks. Ed, welcome back to the program. Well, Matt, it's good to be back, and I feel that this program will be a great help to the believers who are listening in their daily life. It'll be a, it'll be a very great and practical help. I agree, Ed. This is a monumental program to me, and I really hope our listeners will stay with us for it. We see something very remarkable here in our journey with the children of Israel in the wilderness. They had just had a remarkable series of experiences with the Lord, His miraculous deliverance of them through the Passover, their passage through the Red Sea, then the waters at Merah, and finally the flowing streams and growing palms at Elam. And yet, after all that, they have an almost ugly display of their dissatisfaction toward the Lord. Listen to these verses in Exodus chapter 16, 1 through 4. And they journeyed from Elam, and all the assembly of the children of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month, after their departure out of the land of Egypt. And the whole assembly of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them, If only we had died by the hand of Jehovah, In the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots, when we ate bread to the full, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole congregation with hunger. Then Jehovah said to Moses, I will now rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them whether or not they will walk in my law. Ed, after all that he had done to rescue the people, this must have tested the Lord very much. Well, Matt, what we see here, one of the key statements that the Lord made here is when he said, I will now rain bread from heaven for you. And that's the heavenly manna. And what this shows is that if we're short of spiritual nourishment, our flesh is exposed. 
And so we need Christ as our spiritual nourishment day by day to deal with the flesh, to conquer the flesh, and to eliminate the sinful things of the flesh. No matter what spiritual experiences we've had, how many years we've been a Christian, we need to experience Christ day by day because the flesh is always with us. And we'll see this in the program as we go on. If you look in John 6, the Lord Jesus, he's speaking in a synagogue in Capernaum, and he says that he's the living bread that came down from heaven, which is absolutely remarkable. So the heavenly Christ is the reality of the heavenly man is sent by God to be the daily life supply of his chosen people. That word daily is very important. So if you look at John 6, he says he's the heavenly bread, the bread of God, the bread of life, the living bread, and the true bread for us to eat day by day. No matter how high a spiritual experience we may have had, every day we need to have a good spiritual breakfast to deal with the flesh, conquer the flesh, and eliminate the sinful things of the flesh. You know, we were regenerated in our spirit, and we're being transformed in our soul. But our flesh does not go away until our body is glorified. And according to 2 Corinthians 5, 4, that's when our mortal body is swallowed up by the divine life. It's not until that day when the Lord returns and we're glorified that the flesh will be changed into a glorified body. So we need to realize no matter how much we've been transformed, the flesh is always with us. I think that's a very good opening, Brother Ed. Let's go to Witness Lee and we'll come back and talk about it some more. This book is absolutely written according to our experiential way. By doctrines, you cannot understand how come after you experience Elam with the twelve throwing springs of living water and you are growing like the 70 palm trees, you should be the saints among the saints. But I tell you, the Elam exciting items never make anyone a saint. Here you could see a people who are number one, saved, redeemed, and number two, delivered out of Egypt, and number three, who experience Mara, and who experience Elam to such an extent. Could you believe a people like this could be like what is recorded in Exodus chapter 16? Doctrinally, we all would say all the children of Israel should have become everyone a saint. But according to experience, it is not so. After the experience of Elam, the Lord would do one thing, expose the flesh, the more springs you have experienced, the more flesh will be exposed. The Elim experience of the twelve springs always is followed with an exposure of what you are. That's your flesh. After the experience at Elim, the flesh of the children of Israel still remained. To quench the thirst of your spirit is one thing. To deal with 
the flesh of your being is another thing. Your flesh still remains. So what? So you need another experience. The Lord will lead you from Elim to another place. Ed, what does this mean that the springs at Elam can quench our thirst, our spiritual thirst, but those springs do not touch or affect our flesh? I think this is the heart of the message today. Yes, Matt. Uh, At the end of Exodus 15, what we see is a situation where they came to Elam, and there were 70 palm trees growing and 12 springs flowing which is a type of Christ as the Spirit flowing in a, in a wonderful way and Christ growing within us and through us as the 70 palm trees. It's, it, it's even a type of a corporate kind of revival experience. We have to realize that even though we come to such a high spiritual experience, maybe, maybe a one-time experience, or maybe a few times we have situations in our ex- Christian experience we just feel so wonderful and so revived with the Lord, that doesn't mean that our flesh is gone. We need another kind of experience, like Brother said. And that kind of experience is we need Christ to be our daily manna, our daily food. That's the only thing that will deal with the flesh. Christ, as our daily life supply, kills our lust and kills our flesh. And man, I would like to mention this because in Exodus 16, you've got the manna. And what this shows is that God wants to change our diet from an Egyptian diet, a worldly diet, to a diet of Christ as the real manna sent by God the Father so that we can be reconstituted with Christ and live because of Christ in order to make us God's dwelling place in the universe. So that's the deep truth in Exodus 16. He wants to change our our worldly diet that we had. So manna is a long-term miracle. It's not just like snap the fingers and you're miraculously transformed, but it's something that you need to eat Christ as your spiritual food day by day, morning by morning, to deal with the flesh. In a sense, uh, Elam is like that short-term snap-of-the-finger miracle. There was springs of water just coming up, but manna is the long-term miracle with manna every day coming down from heaven. Ed, let's go back to Witness Lee, and then we'll uh, rejoin the discussion here in a few minutes. Two times the Bible mentions manna. The first time in Exodus 16, and the second time in Numbers 11. The very striking point is this, Whenever these two times mention manna, it always tells us the memoring people were there. And this proves the Bible testifies that the heavenly manna comes to deal with your flesh. The twelve springs don't do this work. It is the heavenly manna. Manna deals with this. You have lust, and I have lust. And you have the flesh, and I have the flesh. When the flesh is dealt with, when Christ has really become our daily life supply, that Christ fills you up 
And that cries satisfy you to the uttermost. And this satisfaction kills your lust, kills your flesh. When you day after day enjoy Christ as your life supply from the heavens, you are filled, you are satisfied, you are full. You are satisfied to the full. It is by that time that your flesh is gone. And your lust is over. But don't think it will not be back. Whenever you are under nourishment, short of Christ, the hunger is there. And right away, the lust will appear again. And right away, the flesh will act again. According to uh, the typology, our flesh, until we will be in resurrection, still is here. It is here all the time. Our flesh is here all the time. So, Every day, I need Christ at the heavenly life supply to fill me up, to satisfy me to the full. When I am full of Christ, my flesh is dead weight, and my lust is conquered. Many of you may have had a kind of question, why, why, after we had certain good experience in the Lord, yet still we could be like that. Even the Apostle Paul, if he still lives on this earth, his flesh is still here. We need Elim, we need the twelve springs, we also need the heavenly Christ as the heavenly manna to fill us up. So every day we have to watch and pray. We must keep the experience of Christ as our daily manna continually. Wow, Ed, this is really practical. We see a very graphic picture from Exodus that the flowing waters of Elam can quench our thirst, but only the daily, regular nourishment of feeding on Christ as the manna can keep our flesh in check. And Ed, I think this is interesting, and it's also very accurate that as soon as we're undernourished, the flesh is back, rearing up, rearing its ugly head. Yeah, Matt, this is very, very important for our spiritual life. You know, when Christ fills us up and satisfies us to the full, our flesh is dealt with and our lust is conquered. But this is a daily thing, and this is a morning-by-morning thing because they had to collect the manna in the morning in Exodus 16. Every morning, the manna rained down from heaven, and they had to collect that manna, they had to eat that manna, they had to digest and assimilate that manna. And it's the same way in John 6, where the Lord says that he's the heavenly bread, the living bread that came down out of heaven. In verse 57, he said, as the living Father has sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who eats me, he also shall live because of me. But of course, he was talking about eating him as our spiritual food. Because in verse 63, he goes on to say, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So 
The way to eat Christ as our spiritual food every day is to eat his words every day. Don't go a day without getting into his word and praying over his word. You know, like in, in Matthew 4, 4, the Lord says, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out through the mouth of God. In Jeremiah fifteen sixteen, 16, uh, Jeremiah said, Your words were found, and I ate them, and your word became to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. In Ephesians six seventeen and 18, uh, the Lord says through Paul that we need to receive the sword of the Spirit, which Spirit is the Word of God, by means of all prayer and petition. So the Bible should be our prayer book. And when we pray over the words of the Bible and pray them back to the Lord and pray with those words of the Bible, then those words become spirit and light to us. They become our nourishment. And this has to happen day by day. And so as this happens, the sinful things, the the evil elements within us get conquered get discharged. But this is a daily thing. It just it's not a one time thing. Because it's they were they were eating manna for forty years, day by day. And so uh, this is just a uh, picture of our Christian life is that we need to eat Christ as our manna every day until we go to meet him. Very good picture, Ed. I appreciate you bringing in those New Testament verses to make manna practical by applying it to our experience of praying through the Word of God. Let's go back to Witness Lee for the conclusion today. These children of Israel, they were not outsiders. They were following the Lord, and they were seeking the Lord. Yet, the flesh was there. The lust was there. Why the flesh and lust both were there? Because they were undernourished. While they were murmuring, while they were undernourished, while they were short of Christ, the glory of God appeared. When you are seeking, when you are following the Lord, yet you are so negative, complaining, memorying, sometimes memorying against the church, sometimes memorying against brothers, sometimes even memorying against some younger ones. Did you see the Lord's glory? The time that causes me to be full of fear of the Lord. It's always the time I was negative. I was complaining. Why I was complaining? Because I was undernourished with Christ. Right away, something within you appeared. You got scared. What was that? Here it says, showing them his glory. When the glory of the Lord appeared, that stopped the memory. You just tell me, was this kind of glory a kind of rescue or a kind of condemnation? It's a kind of rescue by condemning. (laughs) The glory of the Lord appears to rescue them by condemning them. Check with your experience. A kind of definite sensation within you. You became fearful. My God. A number of times I had this kind of feeling because I was negative, because I was undernourished. I was short of Christ. Yet I was seeking. I complained against the Lord, yet I would not give up the Lord. After this, soon after the glory, 
the Lord was mad with that. When they were filled with this quail, the Lord came in to smite them. A number died there. And today, the deaths would not be so physical. The Lord will send you to quails to satisfy your lustful desire. The more you enjoy these quails, the more you got smitten, spiritually speaking. And uh, this smiting, a number of times, lasts quite long. Then the Lord sent them the manna. Manna was not sent in a simple way. There are some conditions. You have to pass the Red Sea, and you have to experience Mara, you have to experience Elam. Then, when your flesh got exposed, your shortage of Christ got exposed, then you got disciplined by the Lord. The next morning, manna came. Manna came in this way. Manna didn't come in a simple way. Manna is given conditionally. Until you, in your Christian work, come to a certain point, manna would not be sent. This is a basic principle. You have experienced so much, yet you still see that your flesh is here. And you got exposed, that you are undernourished. You are short of the inner life supply. You need a little manna. Ed, this is a sober word that manna is given conditionally. I'm just going to give you the final time here today. Well, Matt, like Brother Lee pointed out, uh, in our Christian experience, we enjoy Christ as our Passover. Then we pass through the baptism of the Red Sea. Then we come to Merah, bitter waters, that we need to cast the cross of Christ into those bitter waters, and they're made sweet. Then we come to Elam, uh, a situation of revival with 12 springs flowing, 70 palm trees growing. And then we go further in the wilderness, and we find ourselves complaining because we're undernourished. The flesh is exposed because of our undernourishment. The, again, the only way the flesh can be dealt with is by our being nourished daily with Christ as our life supply. And Matt, Brother Lee uh, mentioned Numbers 11. I would just like to read these verses. This is Numbers 11, 5 and 6. This was after the children of Israel had been eating the manna for a period of time daily. And they said this, We remember the fish which we used to eat in Egypt for nothing the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. But now our appetite is gone. There's nothing at all but this manna to look at. Well, we may feel the same way. You know, spiritually speaking, we may desire some things from the world to feed us still as Christians. Well, the point is, is we need our appetite changed. Our appetite should just be an appetite for Christ. For us to do that, for that to happen, we need to enjoy Christ and eat Christ as our spiritual food daily. Because what you've been constituted with is what you long for. If you grew up on pizza, you'll long for pizza. I'm just using that as a human example. 
if you grow up, if, if we grow up spiritually on feeding on Christ day by day, then when we rise in the morning, this will be the Christ that we long for. And I would just like to mention a few other points, uh, Matt, that God's way to deal with the flesh of his people is to put it aside and not to feed it, and not to feed it. For this reason, he changes the diet of his people and sends them food that their flesh doesn't like. Our flesh doesn't like Christ as our manna, but our spirit loves Christ as our manna. The people of Israel, they abhorred the taste of manna and lusted for the worldly taste of the Egyptian food. So the Egyptian diet denotes all things that we desire to feed on in order to find satisfaction. And you could say that America is the leading country with respect to the Egyptian diet, the worldly entertainment. And and like I said, whatever we desire, hunger, and thirst after is the diet according to which our being has been constituted. Now, on the one hand, I say again, the heavenly manna nourishes us and heals us. On the other hand, it eliminates the negative things in us. So how marvelous it was that God gave the people nothing except manna. This indicates that he gave them nothing except Christ. So we have to ask the Lord to take away the desire and hunger for anything other than Christ in our being. Because it's only by eating Christ as our spiritual food, morning by morning, day by day, that the flesh and the lust in our flesh is conquered and dealt with. Otherwise, the flesh will rear its ugly head, and we might think, we might think, Matt, wow, I, I haven't been transformed that much. But, but you have been transformed, because you're, you're transformed in your soul, but your flesh never changes. Your flesh stays with you until it's glorified at the Lord's return, according to Philippians 3.21. So the flesh forces us to turn to our spirit and eat Christ as our spiritual food day by day. What a wonderful picture, Ed. I really appreciate you uh, coming in today and sharing this with me. Appreciate you also sharing this with us, and we hope that you'll join us again tomorrow for our next Life Study of Exodus as we continue on with this journey of the people of God that's such a picture of our own personal spiritual experience. And, man, I'd like to encourage the listeners to, uh, to get the Life Study message if they can, the printed Life Study because there's so much more in there that we couldn't cover and talk about, and it's very rich and very wonderful. Appreciate you saying that, Ed, because uh, we, we do like to remind the listeners that we're touching the tip of an iceberg in these radio programs. There's a lot more riches in the printed life study that's been edited and polished and has all the verse references and a lot more detail than we can cover in this program. So please get the printed life studies or read them online for free. On behalf of Ed Marks, this is Matt Miller. Thanks for listening today. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee spent seven decades in the 20th century speaking Christ, first in Asia, and then North America, eventually all over the world. The culmination of those 70 years of ministry was his life study of the Bible, an exhaustive exposition of the entire scriptures. This unique commentary focuses on how Christ can be life to man in an experiential and practical way. These programs encapsulate Witness Lee's speaking, but to get the complete riches, 
visit lifestudy.com. From there, you can read all of the Life Study messages in their entirety or download any of our more than 1,700 audio programs at no cost. Again, that website is lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you.